Central in the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 15, no, 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 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. If you missed the first hour of the show, Andre Kuzmenko's fit amongst the Canucks' most important players, and also JT Miller and how the Canucks should feel vindicated that they did not move him for a deal they did not deem good enough before the trade deadline with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So check that out. Uh, Also, there was um, an interesting quote today uh, from Farhan Lalji, and it's attributed to J.T. Miller, which, look, as I've said and will continue to say, it's... um, Everything you hear the Canucks say uh, should be taken with some level of a grain of salt because uh, we've seen this movie before and then, you know, we've seen them show up for the start of a season and not be fully prepared to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the quote. This wasn't too fun of a place to be in the beginning and mid part of the year. It was a bit of a bleep show. It really was. A lot of distraction. I think we've moved on. We understand who we're going to be moving forward. It's fun to come to the rink again. And I, I, I had to double check the date to make sure it was from this year and not last. <laughs> yeah. It's like we've heard, I mean, it's like, remember we were joking about a lot of the post-game interviews have been sounding yes. the same over the years? A lot of those quotes have also been sound, sounding the same yeah. uh, over the years. Uh, Boudreaux brought the good vibes and, hey, uh, who, who's ever heard this before? When a professional sports team is winning, things are good. When they're not, things are uh, not so fun and good. Uh, let's bring in our next guest who knows a lot about that. Uh, it's Don Taylor. Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon, check TV. What's happening, Donnie? A little late, guys. Sorry about that, but all good. All good. Ready to go. Um, we've been talking about JT, and I know uh, you and uh, and Dolly had him, uh, had uh, Elliot Friedman on today and talked a little bit about that yet again, but you know his play it's almost frustrating because it's like, well, where was this JT Miller all season long? Yeah, it, it, it certainly is frustrating or not, not right now, but had been. And uh, I kind of wonder at the beginning of the year uh, whether or not he was in the best shape in the world. And it just seems maybe now and him and some others are in, in better condition. Maybe that was prime speculating, but uh, I, I, I wondered about that and maybe just, or maybe just talk it's a better fit for, you know, um, for JT Miller than Bruce Boudreaux long term. Of course, he had a 99 point season last year, so that wasn't bad. But yeah, it was it was uh, it was a bit of mystery. You always knew there was more there, and we're getting proof of that right now. Oh, it is right, and I think the big question for everybody is how much of this can you apply to next year? And you know, like you know, have we been fooled by this again? And is there any other answer other than let's see what happens next year? I, I, I guess not. Like I, I think we all know he's a really good hockey player, you know. But there, there'll always be that question about you know the contract. Is he anywhere near that long long term? So you know maybe that's. I mean, you hate to use the uh, phrase "not fair" when a guy's making that much money, and we know you know in the you know latter years of that contract, there's a good chance he's not going to be able to live up to it. So he'll always be under scrutiny. I think he'll be okay. I think, I think JT will be just fine given the money he's making and all that. But I think this is more what we've seen recently 
is more what JT Miller is all about, at least right now, than it is, than what we saw earlier in the season. Um, he, he looks he looks really strong, and I think this is the real JT Miller. And the Canucks are are going to need him, uh, especially this version of him, if they plan to make the the playoffs next year. You know, uh, all the all the talk about um, you know, where this team is and how they're playing right now. It, it is. Um, it's the same old story, right, Donnie? You know, I was in the room at Beer League the other night, and all the guys are like, well, this team wins when they shouldn't, and they lose when they shouldn't. They can never figure it out when when the right time is to win games. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. We had uh, Tom Gillardi on um, our show today. I know he's been uh, on 650 recently as well, but uh, we asked him the question about rebuild and, and retool, uh, if this is where you're going with that. And he, he didn't come right out and say, say it, and, it was kind of uh, as though he was being respectful of, you know, despite the history of the, between himself and uh, other owners in the, in the NHL, he's being respectful of them. And you could tell he's just not, he, he's not a, a, a rebuild guy. He's just wondered if wonders if that, that that's just a waste of time. So he, he thinks more like that than, than, than you would think, given that uh, you know things haven't worked out perfectly in Vancouver or Dallas, as a matter of fact. But nice, uh, you know, I think maybe maybe in the same kind of the same boat as, as, as the Canucks, that that you know they are more of a retool than a rebuild type of team. And for some of the fans, it can be pretty frustrating. Yeah, I, mean, I can totally understand the frustration uh, from the fans. Now, when it came to JT on your show today, uh, you guys had Elliot Friedman on, and it's yeah. always it's interesting kind of looking back at what happened at the trade deadline and, and you know what can happen in the future here. And he kind of mentioned um, that, obviously... There were discussions, but Vancouver couldn't get the center they wanted and weren't sure what they could do with the money that uh, the Penguins wanted to send Vancouver. What did you make of the latest reporting there from Elliot? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was not shocking, you know, that, you know, there have been discussions, but we, we, we've heard from several sources, and so have you, that, you know, the Penguins and, and Canucks had had talked. And um, I think, you know, the, the takeaway from that was and you know it would have been a really good follow-up question but i'm not that smart and certainly rick isn't either you know like just what you know what kind of effect would that have on jt miller on the ice and well so far so far so good so that was the first thing that kind of crossed my mind is well it seems like you know he's probably well aware there were there's talks we are or there were talks and it's everything seems to be fine and these guys are these guys are there's a there's so cold businessman in, inside of every NHL player these days. So he's probably happy to have everything over with, and so he can he can look forward maybe until until next trade deadline if that happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, it feels like we haven't gotten away from JT Miller trade discussions for uh, well over a year, and uh, yeah. I, I think it'll continue until that no move yeah. clause kicks in. Absolutely. Uh, after uh, after July first, um, Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, you know, it, it, a lot of times a, a market will fall in love with a player who scores as much as he does, but I mean, even seeing the the lineup there uh, for for the autographs for Kuzmenko the other day uh, at the mall, I mean. This guy is like the talk of the town. He's right up there with Pedersen for most popular player on the team. Man, there's a charisma about him that, like, even if he had had um, half the goals he has, let's say he's at 16, I think the city's still in love with him. He's at 32. 
And, and the other thing, too, that I think really, first of all, I think just naturally, like he's just gifted with a whole lot of likability and, and charisma. The other thing that I really enjoy about him, I mean, he's always smiling, so there's that. And, you know, it has been the greatest season for the team, and yet he seems to be, uh, you know, and has been for him. If you, you could, you could, you could argue that. But he's gone through adversity. I mean, he's been, you know, he's been scratched. He's been benched. Um, obviously, you know, you know, Rick talking in particular, even though he's scoring goals, you know, will sit him out an entire period or much of the period. And so he's gone through adversity. It hasn't been perfect, but he just comes back stronger than ever. I mean, it's a real short sample size, but so far so good. So on, on top of the charisma, the obvious natural talent, like right off the bat, just the, the smiling and his um, real strong attempts at learning the English language and just fitting in, it's just been really good. He's, he's, just, a, he's, he's just a rock star, and it's been like that really since the first time we've seen him, you know, seen him, period, but certainly for, for the first time since, uh, since the first time we saw him talk. And that type of rock star kind of persona and vibe, that goes beyond just being a good hockey player, right? Because we've seen other good hockey players over the years in Vancouver, the decades, not have that type of same star draw, right? And yeah. I think that's what makes Kuzmenko special. He, he, people just love him, even though he's a good player and everything. There's something about him that people are drawn to. And it's not, and it's, it's always hard, right? Because we always say the NHL needs to have more marketable superstars. Well, the personality needs to be there, and that's a big part of it for Kuzmenko. Yeah, and and you know you look at some of the some of the players in the, in the past, like you know I'm not I'm not knocking anybody at, at all, but when you talk about some of the great players in in, in Canuck history, like Marcus Naslin wasn't exactly Mister Electric, you know Pavel Bure was like even though Pavel I don't think had the it didn't have quite the sense of humor that that uh, Andre Kuzmenko does, but there was an X factor there that you just can't bottle and you can't re, you can't duplicate. You know Pavel had it. Uh, Kuzmenko has it. I think Trevor Linden had it in a completely different way, but there's just this rock star feel about them um, that it just it just you 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 have no really really idea why. Maybe with Kuzmenko the hair helps, but <laughs> but there's just just that personality. They just it just oozes likability and fun, and it's really really rare. I do have a little bit of breaking news though, Donnie. Yes. Um, two minutes ago, the Canucks tweeted out, Andre Kuzmenko has a fresh haircut. <laughs> he got a haircut? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? It's weird you say that because today we had a, um, an old picture of him. I think we, we put it up um, for whatever reason, and it was strange to see him with shorter hair. But, yeah. uh, wow, I wonder how that's, that's going to go over. Maybe he just couldn't get his helmet on. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, if the scoring dries up now, we're going to know the culprit. It's the haircut for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. The Samson factor here. That's interesting. <laughs> it, 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 we had to do it, you know, uh, eventually. So Yeah. Um, it, it was going to happen at some point, you know. Uh, but it was uh, it was part of the personality. It was part of the gig. Uh, all you right. sure it was a haircut or, or did, he, did he just brush his hair? <laughs> I don't think there was a lot of that going it, on either. It was just a little bit of trim. A little trim off the sides there uh, for from the from the barber so uh that's uh that's that's andre kuzmenko right now got a haircut that's the breaking yeah. news going into uh-huh. tonight's game against the uh against the <laughs> dallas stars yeah. um hey, i'm not knocking anybody with hair buddy <laughs> it's not gonna happen fair enough so 
You know, we, we heard a lot from uh, from this team. Uh, well, the new coach, Rick Tockett, when he came in and processed and doesn't want guys playing too much and all these things. And it was nice to hear, and it lasted for about a week. And now uh, we're seeing Quinn Hughes. He's played eight straight games where he's gone over 25 minutes a night. And I get it. You know, they, they've got some injuries on the back end, and who else are you going to go to when you, when you need somebody to – to get something done out there, but um, it, it it is kind of uh, it is pretty funny how a coach just like falls into okay these are my guys and I'm going to run with them no matter what. It wouldn't be a big deal if he hadn't have said that right off the bat. Yeah, that like his philosophy don't don't run your two your um, well because it felt like a shot much. at Boudreaux a little bit, but yeah, it, it, it exactly and yet you know so I guess my guess is and he won't say this, but uh, because it would be maybe a rip on the other players. But my guess is, you know, he got to know the team a little bit better and said either, either, boy, these three or four guys are way better than I thought, or the rest of the lineup is really, really bad. And we have to play these guys a lot. Otherwise, it's going, it won't be, you know, 2-1 or 3-1. It'll be, it'll be 8-1. So uh, my guess, it might be a combination of, uh, of both, but look, I think what happens is human nature often kicks in for coaches. They're wired to win. Like like these are Rick Tockett's a highly competitive person. Bruce Boudreaux, same thing. These guys are in the NHL as players. Now as coaches, they can't help themselves. They they it wouldn't matter what the situation is that they probably don't have never heard the word tanking, right? You know, they probably don't even know what a tank is. You know, they they've probably never seen the Brad Pitt movie, you know, Fury. Like it, it, it's probably just never ever happened. <laughs> they have no clue. So they they're wired to win. They can't help themselves, and away you go. And Quinn Hughes gets half an hour every night, good or bad. <laughs> well, that's just the way it is, right? And you know, as far as how Quinn Hughes is playing, how impressed should we be with the season he's having? And has he really taken another step here in terms of being a more complete defenseman? Yeah, I, you know, like I just from day one, and look, I'm somebody who goes back to 1970. Mm-hmm. But from day one, I was just so impressed with this guy, in large part because from day one, in a game against Los Angeles, the first game he played, my thought process was the, the Canucks have never had a person like this. They've never had a defenseman like this. This, this is the first defenseman that's even come close to being this good, certainly offensively, play the heck out of them. And, and, it, and it seems that I think with him, despite you know a real low-key personality, and and a dry sense of humor. I think he's much more driven than we think. That 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 much more driven than what comes through when you hear him talk. I think he's a real leader, and I think he is better. I I, I think that, and and one of the ways he's better is that I I actually think, as strange as it may seem, or as impossible as it may seem, I think he's even better with the puck than he used to be. Like his ability to snap a pass and, you know, just hard, smart NHL caliber passes. It, I think he's gotten better with that. Um, and he's talked about working on his shot, but I, I just think that his passing is he, as great as it was at the beginning is even better right now. There's just a, there's a real snap to his passes right now that wasn't necessarily uh, there at first. He's just really, really confident and smart with the puck. 
for uh, for a player and a defenseman that eats so many minutes and is on one of the worst defensive teams or has been on one of the worst defensive teams in the league, he's still been you know plus fifteen or better uh, at five on five all season long, and that's yeah. uh, I mean it's just a crazy crazy number in comparison to his teammates. But yeah. Yeah. with that being said, Donnie, um, you know we know the, the the good players on this team are are really good. Uh, Pedersen and Hughes leading that charge, maybe top ten at their position, arguably top ten at their respective positions. But you know, how much of this late season charge can we realistically believe in? Um, after you know what we saw last year, and now we're kind of seeing it again this year. Are are, are you buying what they're selling, or do you need to see it in September October? Well, you know, the one thing about what's happening lately, and and you know, being seven two and one in ten, and uh, winning four straight, and having a w- winning record under Tockett, they're beating teams that need points that are pushing for a playoff spot or who are in a playoff spot and, and want better playoff positioning, you know, beating Nashville, beating Toronto, beating Ottawa, you know, teams that need points and, and roll into Vancouver, maybe thinking it's going to be an easy deuce and it just, just isn't. So, you know, if it was all, you know, beating Arizona and Anaheim, then I might have a big problem with it, but it's, it's who they're beating at the time they're beating them. That's, that's pretty impressive. That makes you think that maybe, just maybe, I know it's the Canucks, yeah. but maybe it's sustainable going into next season. You know, to, maybe. You know, to me, what's most sustainable, what I'm most encouraged about and what I think is most sustainable is Thatcher Demko's play, right? Because he looked incredible last year, as we know, and we saw the year before we saw it in the bubble. We know what he's capable of, of doing. We also saw him play really poorly before he got injured. But now the way he's come back and how locked in he looks, and, and perhaps it should limit his starts a bit more, considering how good he's been here down the stretch here, Donnie. But to me, that's the most sustainable thing of what we're seeing, that Thatcher Demko is back to being an elite netminder, and if we can expect this from him next year, then the Canucks have their backbone back. And whatever was bothering him before, and it was, seems clear that it was health-related, mm-hmm. is for the time being at least gone, and he's back to being that, that, that elite goaltender, and he just looks so darn good right now and so square to the puck and smart and big. Everything he didn't look at the start of the season, he, did, he looked you know uncomfortable, cumbersome, all of that. And it just seems to be gone, and he looks he looks really strong right now. And absolutely, if all else fails, you got the big stud back there, and, and that you're bang on. Uh, before we let you go, Donnie, it's National yes. Potato Chip Day. Uh, what's mm-hmm. what's your go to bag? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with one that's obvious, but it, it's old, which is not shocking. I know, but I really like them. Like I'm sorry, but salt and vinegar is the best chip. Okay, like it's just, it's got a punch in the face quality that just <laughs> it's, it's not even. You know, I I really think it's a runaway winner. <clears throat> I know that there's so much out there uh, right now in terms of flavors. Things have come and gone, and we've got ketchup here in Canada, mm-hmm. which they don't in the states. But salt and vinegar, there's a reason it's lasted a long time. Yeah, it's strong. What well, actually, strong. it lasts a long time because there's a lot of vinegar on it. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. like a good pickle. Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm, I'm a big fan of salt and vinegar too. But which brand is your favorite? Well, okay, well, of course, the word old is in it. I'm going old Dutch. <laughs> All right, old Dutch. I can see I'm a Miss Vicky salt and vinegar. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I think is Miss Vicky's the one with rock salt and vinegar. That one too. They have yeah. a little bit of that. Oh, that might be yeah. hard bite. That's hard a bite. local brand. Hard bites is good too. Hard bites are good. Yeah. Kettle ones are good too. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, yeah. This, you know, and then for old, again, again, I'm going old. <laughs> Nobody remembers the brand Thunder Crunch. It was it was the first potato chip that I can remember that that you had where you had that hard bite. Way before Miss Vicky's, it, it was. I don't know if you guys remember. It's called Thunder Crunch. Oh, I remember and, Thunder Crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it, back in the '80s, when Donnie was a little bit younger, and maybe just doing some of the things that a lot of people in Vancouver do, Thunder Crunch was a real important uh, part of my diet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I have never seen this bag of chips before in my entire life. Thunder <laughs> yeah. Crunch. Okay. Yeah. Okay, look it up. I swear to God, it's a thing. <laughs> Donnie, you're the best. Thanks for this. Anytime, guys. Lots of fun. Uh, there he is. Uh, the great Don Taylor uh, joining us here on uh, on Canuck Central. See, I made a mistake not bringing a bag of chips with me. Now I really want a bag of chips. <laughs> Does our vending machine have good chips? Mm, I don't know. I was looking the other day, and it was pickle chips. Still That's the pickle? only chips they got? Uh, well, the other day, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not good. But it gets restocked every once in a while. I don't know. Yeah, dill pickles. There'll probably be a bag or two in the uh, Canucks. Mm, sometimes, depending on. In the in the press box tonight? Yeah, second period. Yep. Bring the chips snack. But it's usually like Lay's or Doritos. I don't mind. Like I said, I'm on, I'm on a plain, You're a Lay's, plain guy? Lay's. Lay, mm. Lay, plain Lay's chips are just easy. Josh, yeah. what's the go-to? I'm a barbecue Lay's guy, mm. They're good I too, would say. Uh, uh, nah. I like an original Pringle. Original Pringles, good. Yeah, Pringles yeah. are good. Off the board a little bit. That's probably... I'm not a big chip guy in general, though, <sighs> but that's probably it. I do like the uh, the hard bite ones and kettle cooked as well. Yeah, it's really like a honey good. Dijon. Oh, those like ones are pretty one. good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the... Uh, what is it? Pepperoncini? What is it called? <laughs> what are, how, how do you say it? Pepperoncini? <laughs> Pepperoncino. Pepperoncino, yeah. whatever. The pepperoncino uh, kettle chips are pretty good. They're not bad. They're not bad. I, I like the, um, the jalapeno ones, too. Yeah. They're pretty good. But like uh, the Miss Vicky's ones, like both the salt, uh, sea salt and vinegar are good. Yep. And so are the jalapeno ones. Uh, Elon, you got a favorite chip? Yeah, Josh mentioned it. The Miss Vicky's Honey Dijon. Yeah, slops. I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had that one. Yeah, they're good. They're Might good. Have to put it on the list. I love me a good San Carlo chip. The Italian ones. I don't know. I don't know San where to get them in Vancouver. No, I'm, I'm sure if you go I'm to, I'm sure one of the Italian stores has got them. Go, go to commercial. Yeah, Chaffee's probably has them. I'm sure. We'll figure it out. <laughs> But in Europe, they like a lot of places have like paprika chips, and I love those. Those are so good. Paprika chips? Yeah. I don't know. I gotta try them. <laughs> I, I don't want to dis. I like paprika, but I put it on my my chicken. Mm. I, I, I put it on everything. <laughs> my <laughs> wife is France? Hungarian. I put it on everything. <laughs> paprika goes into every single recipe, uh, and we've brought a lot of it back from our trips to Budapest. Uh, all right, Taj, the blueberry guy, it's going Cool Ranch. Mm. Yeah, cool. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean, Cool Ranch Doritos were good. Um, Brandon in Vancouver, Ruffles sour cream and onions, all dressed. Yeah, I'm not big on all dressed, but sour cream, cream and onion, I can go with. <laughs> I like a good Ruffles original with uh, with the, the dip, dip? French onion dip, French onion dip. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't need the dip. I'm just good with a good regular chip. Um, <laughs> a lot of Thunder Crunch takes. In here, Todd and Maple Ridge Mesquite Barbecue Thunder Crunch. Mesquite Barbecue were a vending machine staple oh. for me in high school. So good, for the record, I'm not anywhere near as mm. old as Donnie. That's from uh, Todd and Maple Ridge. Oh man, Mesquite. I, I think of Mesquite. I think of Mesquite chicken at Quiznos back in the day. <laughs> That's what I think of. Quiznos. Wow, yeah. I haven't had one of those in a long time. I know it's been a minute. Uh, English based chef says Thunder Crunch went the way to Dodo because they were in, they were made with peanut oil. They were really good though. 
thus English based chef. And oh. uh, Donnie Taylor is a wrong. Thunder Crunch were good. I prefer Hawkins Cheesies. And going back to when I was a kid, they used to have juice box that was called Super Socko. Classic. Super. I remember Super Socko. I don't remember that. I just remember the little chubs. Yeah. Chubbies. Chubbies were good. Uh, all right. That's enough uh, chip talk for this moment. Uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. You are listening to Canuck Central.